Report recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. You hate how he turns the mic cord to a whip. You suckers just flip because he's too hip. Your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, this week, you are going to have one of the uh, least weak weeks you've ever had in your life. We are going to, uh, we're going to get in depth on a topic near and dear to my heart. This topic is breakfast cereal. We're going to break down the top five cereals of all the times. And yes, I am back up here on the Jupiter station. It is true. True indeed. I'm with my man Iceberg. Uh, let's see what that dude's been up to. Yo, Iceberg. What's popping, homie? What's popping? What is with that? You ask me that every show and every show I say, what does that even mean? The gimmick is getting tired. You need to write some new material, Holmes. Maybe. I don't know. I just, I just, I, uh, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was our thing. So, what's up, dude? I haven't seen you since I went, uh, you know, off for a Christmas vacation. But, you know, what's, what's going on up here? Nothing but me doing all your work. I am sick of it. I have had to clean twice as many vents and what makes it so horrible is that I don't even need to use vents. I need not to breath clean air. I think you meant to say breathe. Sometimes you sometimes you get that word wrong. I, I don't know what it is, but dude, I, I, I do appreciate you doing my work for me when I was gone. That was really cool of you, but I mean, I was down with the family, man. You know, you you celebrate robot Christmas and that's like at a whole different time of year. So I don't even I don't even know why why you're sweating me. I mean, you had to clean what, like four vents instead of two vents. It's not even like a big deal, man. You just stick your tube down there and then you know you just suck them dry it's not even not even a lot of effort you're 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 mechanized but at any rate has has there been any uh you know corinthian army activity around here anything like that and anything that i i need to know about no there has been nothing like that huh so when i was gone what were you guys up to as far as you know like getting getting ready for that these guys seem really really threatening to me so it's like we need we need to keep we got to stay woke and we need to stay on our toes you know Emily has been working on the Callisto flyer. A word? What, 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 what has she done? She added some photon cannons and made improvements to the front array. Dope, dude. That, that sounds cool. It is still a piece of garbage, but it is less of one. Uh, so, so how much, how much less of a piece of garbage would you say it is? By maybe five to seven percent. Five to seven percent. That's pretty good. Pretty accurate. You know precise oh hey man i hear i hear you got a mix for us you're gonna drop something for us one time it is an older song that i like and wanted to play again so let me do it this is iceberg 13 and i'm here to get this party started let me drop it one time for my boy vixage who recently retired from the podcast game let me pour some out for you homie alert alert Check one, check two. Gives meaning to life. 
that was uh, that was Death Iceberg, and you know, in a lot of ways, it is as if as if death gives meaning to life. Just the fact that just the fact that we're mortal and that we only have so long up here uh, on Jupiter, Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. Since we only got so long, man, it's all of it's precious. You know, you don't want to waste any of it. You want to do you want to do the best with with every moment that you have. You know, just do the best. You can do right now. So the other day I was, I was out walking the dog. I have to take her out a couple times a day because she gets squirrely. And you kind of bump into the same people uh, when you're out there on the dog walk circuit. It's, that's just the way it is. Um, So I'm heading out around uh, by the park. And I, when I walk, I have, you know, I have Pokemon Go open because you get a, there are these things called candies, and that's what you use to evolve your Pokemon. And one way you can get them is by is by walking. So I keep it open, you know, to get as many of these as I can. So I'm out walking, and I see uh, I see up around up around the corner that there may be a Pokemon that I am looking for. It is a Charmander. I need a few more of those to evolve it. That's another way you do it. Um, when you get them, when you capture them, you turn them in and they get converted into candies. You also get candies by walking. So I I see one up ahead and I go, I'm going to uh, dip around this, around this court. Because it may be in this court. But up ahead, you know, far ahead, I see, I see this lady that I bump into a lot when I'm walking dogs. And her dog and my dog... They get along, so sometimes we'll stop and, you know, let them sniff each other and kind of chit-chat. It's okay. She's a, she's a nice lady. She she seems to know a lot about what's going on around the neighborhood. I She gives me interesting gossip tidbits, so that's all good. And I, anyhow, I see her up ahead, and I don't know. I wasn't exactly in the mood for the chit-chat. I, I kind of had, uh, you know, like a sinus headache, as I recall, so I wanted to fulfill my obligations to walk the dog, but then also, you know, get back home as quick as I could. Not as quick, but, you know, in, in, in a quick as manner as politely possible. So, I'm, you know, I, I see her up ahead, and part of dipping into the court was, I don't want to say it was to avoid her, but it was to avoid a potential conversation. I sort of pretended like I, I didn't see him. So, I'm down there, and I'm walking kind of back and forth in like an X pattern, trying to find the, uh, the Pokemon, and eventually I did, and I captured it, but it took a few minutes, it took a lot of us, uh, walking, you know, back and forth around this court, so, you know, it, it was a, a good few minutes, so eventually we, we walked back out, and when I walked back out, this lady and, uh, Lulu, the dog, were standing there, and she, she's like, hey, I, uh, I, I saw, I, <laughs> We saw you up ahead and, you know, her dog wanted to see your dog so bad that she started pulling in this direction. She said that my dog is, you know, the only dog that her dog gets along with, which is, you know, possible. My dog's pretty nice. So she saw us up ahead and wanted us to get, uh, you know, our dogs together for a minute. And then she said, hey, I, uh, you know, we were, we were waiting up here for you and we saw you sort of walking, walking back and forth in, in that court and... She wasn't, you know, being weird or accusatory, but she did, she did want to know what was up. So I said, oh, uh, you know, just, uh, just, just, just getting my steps in. Like, uh, you know, like I was on the Fitbit. I had a Fitbit for a while and I did get my steps in, but, uh, I lost it. I lost it one day at the dig. We, um, were out there digging and it just came off my arm and I never noticed. And what sucks is I get emails from Fitbit reporting how well the person who found my Fitbit is doing. They're meeting their goals every day, man. I really, uh, I'm happy for them, but I'm sad for me. I actually canceled that. You get these auto emails from Fitbit that give you, like, uh, reports of your activity. And after I lost it, man, I was getting some other fool's uh, activity reports. But at any rate, I said, uh, you know, I'm just you know, trying to get my steps in. And then I, I sort of tapped my wrist. I had a long sleeve on, so she didn't, she didn't know what was up, but, uh, why didn't I want to say that I was catching Pokemon? There are a lot of people out there who catch Pokemon. Why, why do I help feed into the shame? I, I should be embarrassed myself, because if you're gonna do something, man, you know, you just gotta do it all the way. Don't be embarrassed, especially if it's something, uh, 
something relatively normal, like catching Pokemon and walking your dog. I mean, uh, there are a lot of people out there doing a lot of things that are a lot weirder and a lot worse and a lot lamer than hanging out with their dog while they're uh, catching Charmanders. But at any rate, I was embarrassed and I denied it. So I guess I'm not not as real as I thought. But um, yeah, eh, let's move into let's move into the next section of the show. This is known as at the movies. I'm going to talk about something I saw that that I enjoyed more than a lot of the other uh, critics seem to be enjoying. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Hi, I'm Jim Preston, and we have an emergency. We're on a 120-year journey to a new home. We walk up 90 years too soon. It's good to see another face. It's not possible for you to be here. What? This wasn't an accident. There's something they didn't tell us. There's a reason we woke up early. Ready PG-13. Passengers uh, came out around Christmas. We hadn't... We hadn't seen it yet. We saw La La Land instead as our Christmas movie. And then we kind of fell into a movie funk. We weren't, uh, we didn't go for a couple weeks. And that's weird. On the goal to 100, you won't make it by missing weeks. But uh, at any rate, me and the old wife went in the afternoon and we saw a movie called Passengers. It's It's been getting some pretty negative reviews. I saw in Entertainment Weekly, it was at a D-. And on uh, Tomatoes, it's at like... 30% or something. Passengers stars Chris Starlord Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, these two are essentially like the two most charming movie stars going right now. And I think that is, I think that's the, like the gimmick for the movie. I think that's what, that's what you're paying to see. You know, that's what, that's what like, that's the selling point. That's the word I'm looking for. The, the idea for the story is that Earth has become overpopulated and it's just not the place where everybody wants to be. So this company sets up these large, uh, you know, passenger ships that travel like a hundred years in space. They put you in suspended animation and you travel to a new world where you will help, uh, you will help settle it. It will be a more open, a more spacious world where you can... Where you can, uh, you know, live your dreams, as it were. But, um, while on the journey, the, uh, suspended animation bed that Chris Pratt is in malfunctions and he wakes up and he is left with, I think, 90 years on his trip. Just him and the ship. He'll be fine as far as, you know, his sustainability. There, there's food and there's, you know, entertainment and all sorts of stuff, but he is all alone on the ship and I'm going to give away a plot point that is not in the uh advertisement. So if you if you don't want to hear that, I'm going to give you an opportunity to to jump out now. So 1 2 and the plot point that I am going to give away is that Chris Pratt is he's alone and he's feeling you know, what one would feel being by themselves for so long. And he starts projecting uh, these these feelings onto Jennifer Lawrence in her pod. And one day he, he, he can't help himself. He can't stand the loneliness any longer. And he opens up her pod, dooming her to a life on the ship alone with him. And the the trailers and the commercials portray this movie as sort of a romance where they both pop out of their pods at the same time and they, you know, fall in love being the only two people alive. But it's not that at all. Eventually, you know, they do come to become friends and such, but she she realizes that, you know, he has doomed her and there is some heavy conflict between the two of them when eventually this all becomes known to everyone involved. It's 
a bit of a better movie than I had thought it would be. I mean, I'm always into a new sci-fi flick, and I did want to see it, but if you would kind of, you know, let me know that there was going to be this sort of darkness to it, this kind of conflict, I might have, I might have gone to see it a bit earlier. Let's, uh, let's take a look at some of the particulars over on Tomatoes. The movie, the movie came out just before Christmas, December 21st. It was directed by Morton Tildum, who you might know from, uh, what's that movie with the Enigma machine, and I, I think it's The Imitation Game. He directed that. It's, uh, so far as of right now at 80 million at the box office. It runs for an hour 16. I could have got that down. There were some scenes that weren't necessary, but it doesn't play long. I thought it was an enjoyable movie, and right now the audiences have it at 68. The critics have it at 31. Like I said earlier, Entertainment Weekly, which I, which I get, um, they... They have it like at a D minus, which is really weird because it's not, it's not a bad movie. It's not the greatest movie of all the times, but there wasn't any time during the course of it that I'm sitting there going, I just want to get out of here. I, I've had enough. I, I enjoyed the whole thing. I thought it was fine. I'd give it like a solid three, three mics on the source meter. A good old bullet up selector. Bullet, bullet up selector. Three mics. Three, three mics. mics. No, you know, that's, which is fine. That's a perfectly good movie. If if it comes on cable or, you know, it eventually becomes available on, like, Hulu or Netflix, check it out, at least for at least for some of the sci-fi elements. The ship itself is pretty neat. There's a neat robot on there. There, There is some tension toward the end, which is nice. It's not a bad movie. Not a bad movie. Kind of like a, a nice afternoon. Like, if it's, you know, the weather's not great and you're stuck in the house for the afternoon, this is... A perfectly uh, nice way to uh, spend it. This is Don Fry, and you're listening to Toys R Us Report. Touch it down, I'll kill you. That's incredible. It will not be seen tonight due to the following ABC special movie presentation. But it will return next week at its regular time with more incredible stories. Prepare yourself for the official I See Robots Radio Top 5 Breakfast Cereals of All the Times. I love cereal. I might not eat cereal every day, but I bet over the course of my life it would average out to over one bowl of cereal a day. Because when I when I get my cereal on, man, I, I get it on. I I don't know. It's just there is something both comforting and filling about cereal. And... I guess that makes it the the epitome of comfort food for for your dude. I just I've always eaten cereal and I've always eaten sugar cereal and I I haven't stopped even when I've become a grown up. I don't only eat sugar cereal. For example, right now I have a box of corn checks. But uh for the most part I eat I eat cereal like a kid. I don't I don't eat it in the morning because I, I read the paper when I'm getting ready for the day, and I kind of get a bit absorbed into that, and the cereal tends to, tends to sog up. I gotta eat a, uh, breakfast that'll stand the test of time, something that can sit there for a minute, and cereal is best within a minute, maybe, of having poured it, so, I don't know, at this point, I eat oatmeal for breakfast, which is whack and old, old person stuff. I, Mostly eat cereal in the afternoon. I will frequently have cereal for lunch. And I will often have cereal as sort of a a post-dinner snack. You know, sometimes you... Sometimes you gotta... You gotta fill your belly before you go to sleep. Not so much fill. But you gotta have something in there before you go to sleep to aid in, in the hibernation. You can't sleep on an empty stomach, dude. And cereal is great as a late-night post-dinner snack. So, what I've done now is I have put together a list of my favorite, and these are only my favorites. I'm not saying these are the absolute best cereals of all times. I'm just saying these are the cereals that I enjoy the most and have enjoyed the most over the course of my life. So we are going to call this the official I See Robots Radio Top 5 Cereals of All the Times. Let's, let's get into it, man. It's about time. To see what we got for numero uh, five. Number five. 
Quaker Oats. They are circles. They are circles that are yellow colored. They're sort of a honey flavored. And then in the center, there is some kind of like graham cracker sort of, sort of crunch. For some weird reason, they come in a smaller, like a smaller box than normal. It's maybe about half the size of a uh, normal cereal box. And I have to admit, at first... That is what drew me to them, but, um, I think this cereal is delicious. It really, uh, it can stand up to being in the milk. You can have it in there for a while. It is, it's super crunchy, and it does sort of have the, have the tendency to cut the roof of your mouth like, uh, like some cereals do. This usually doesn't happen until you've had two, maybe three bowls, which at the, uh, smaller, smaller sizes... A bit of the box. I don't know why they do come in that smaller size. It's it's weird to me. Maybe it's probably just like a cost-cutting measure. But uh, I, I I really dig this cereal. I don't eat it all the time. It seems as if it's only on the shelves sometimes. I don't see it every visit to the store. I wonder I wonder why that is. Maybe maybe they just kind of pop it up there certain times of the year, like uh, like Christmas Crunch, the Captain Crunch Christmas variety. I, I love seasonal cereals, but Honey Grandmo's is not a seasonal cereal. It just doesn't seem as if it has the availability of some of the uh, other cereals. I've heard it's only only still on the shelves here in America. You can't get it in Canada or many other countries. It used to be used to be a much bigger brand, and it is. It's just a delicious cereal. I love it so much. Once I get back into the habit of eating it, I'll get you know box after box after box. I usually I go through a box of cereal in maybe two weeks. Sometimes even one if it is certain types of cereal that are popular with the rest of the family. And once I get into the Honey Graham O's, I'll get it and I'll get it again and I'll get it again and I'll get it again. It's just very delicious. It just as the availability isn't that of some of the other cereals, but I, I really enjoy it. The crunch is great. The flavor is great. The consistency is great. Just a delightful cereal, but, uh, Let's move in, let's move forward, let's keep going. Let's find out what is the number four cereal of this and all the other times combined. Number four. What's this stuff? Some cereal. It's probably good for you. Did you try it? I'm not going to try it. You try it. I'm not going to try it. Let's get Mikey. Yeah. He won't need it. He hates everything. There are two kinds of life cereals to please all kinds of kids. Regular life and cinnamon life. Make life cereals part of your nutritious breakfast. When I was coming up as a young sprat back in Illinois, I was... I was Mikey. I wouldn't eat anything. I don't... I don't know why that was, and I've long since gotten over that problem. I think, as I recall, I would eat pickles... And I would eat cheese, like grated Parmesan cheese was one of my favorites. And Life Cereal, for whatever reason, I was nuts over Life Cereal. Maybe it was because when I saw those commercials with Mikey, I felt I felt a bond to this other dude who, who didn't like to eat stuff. I, I wonder why that was with the whole not eating, because I, I have really gotten over that. <laughs> As the years have gone on, you know, I'll, I'll eat... Uh, I don't like a lot of different things, but I, I am more than willing to try just about anything when it comes down to it. Uh, Life is a cereal that is square-shaped. It is sort of a, uh, I, what would you call it? It's kind of like a woven, woven uh, cereal uh, product. And the taste is, it is rather plain and it does get soggy fast, but 
there is something about it when you get the right amount of sugar or Splenda or whatever it is that you use, Stevia, whatever it is you use on on the uh, flat squares, they are delightful when you get them right at the right time where they're not too soggy. They're perfect. It is a great cereal. Uh, the flavor is something that's hard hard to debate with. It's not very powerful, so you can't say you don't like it. And the consistency is such that it's just it's inoffensive. It has an inoffensive sort of consistency and shape. And that, that like, inoffensiveness makes it one of the more popular cereals around our house. The wife will eat it, 2.0 eats it, and if we buy a box, it will... It will be gone by the end of the week, uh, if not by the uh, midweek period. The cereal is owned by Quaker Oats. It was first uh, created in 1961. They didn't start gaining popularity until 1978 when they introduced the Mikey Likes It campaign. Here is here's an interesting tidbit about that. Uh, Mikey and his brothers in the commercial are all real-life brothers, which is... Which is somewhat interesting, but not really all that exciting. Life also comes in cinnamon. The cinnamon-flavored life is really good, too. I don't like it as much as the original standard flavor, but it does have... It has a lot going for it. it it's tasty in its own way, but I, I like that sort of light flavor that the ordinary life has. Life was originally made exclusively from wheat, but since then they have added uh, flour and a small bit of sugar and a yellow dye to the product, which has caused them to lose their all-natural catchphrase that they were working with for a while, but they're doing all right. The current, the current catchphrase for life is, life is full of surprises, which is true when you're talking about real life, but I don't know how true it is when... You were talking about a cereal. Uh, life has been my longest running cereal favorite. When when the wife goes grocery shopping and she's not really sure what to get cereal-wise, she'll grab Life because she knows, she knows that I've been down with it since day one. So there you have it. The number four cereal of all of the, all of the times simultaneously is... Life Cereal by Quaker Oats. Let's keep moving on and we will see what is numero three. Number three. The bakers are here. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon and sugar, we're baking up a bunch. We're cinnamon and sugar shakers. The bakers. Cinnamon Toast Crunch Bakers. Cinnamon Toast Crunch cereal taste at, uh, uh, Like homemade. Part of this nutritious breakfast. Less sugar than I thought. Bacon homemade taste. I like it. Into Cinnamon Toast Crunch. The number three cereal is Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is delicious. The flavor is outstanding. The consistency is outstanding. It is... Just a terrific cereal. Let's uh, let's see what we can learn about Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is known as Croquet Canel in French Canada. French Canada is that like that's not like a country. That's like a region. I would I would have said that it is called that for the French speaking Canadian market. I don't know. It seems it seems weird. It is known as Curiously Cinnamon in the UK. Previously, it was known as Cinnamon Grams, and it uh. There is kind of a different flavored uh, cinnamon mini that is also available that is very similar to that. The cereal was first produced in 1984. It is, it's a team up between General Mills and Nestle and it aims to promote the taste of cinnamon toast in a crunchy cereal format. It is a small square or rectangle of wheat and rice. It is covered in cinnamon and sugar. That's weird too because... In, in the commercial, you hear the mom go, hmm, it's part of a uh, well-balanced breakfast. And you take that to mean that it is like a healthy breakfast, like maybe like one portion protein, one portion carbohydrate, one portion water. I know, I know not. But I think when they say that it's a balanced breakfast, what they mean is there is a 50-50 balance between 
sugary garbage and normal normal food like eggs or whatever you happen to have for breakfast. I, I'm not knocking it. Don't take this as a knock because I eat Cinnamon Toast Crunch like a madman. When I get it, the box has been known to disappear within the first day. It's a cereal that we all enjoy. I love it. 2.0 loves it. And once it gets here, it's, it's gone before you know it, which is one of the reasons we don't get it. We don't get it all that often. They have... They have a tagline that goes, Crave those crazy squares. And that is, that is something we do for sure. That commercial, we just heard the girl who you hear speaking is Ginny Lewis, who you might know from The Wizard, the video game movie, or maybe you know her from, you know, playing guitar and singing. I I love Ginny Lewis. I've seen The Wizard and all that, but I didn't really start to, like, get into her until she was in Rilo Kylie. And I thought... I thought they were really good. I thought that she's a good lyricist. And when she went solo, I was pretty stoked. She recorded a very good record with the Watson Twins many years ago. It's kind of kind of country influenced. It's a very nice record. If you get a if you get a chance to check that out, I would highly recommend it. And where were we? Oh yeah, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is great, man. If you don't like it, I don't know. I don't know what I can do for you, man. Because you're just you're not the kind of guy who can enjoy life. You know, you're not the dude who can be out there hanging and clanging with me. You know, you're just just a hater, dude, but no, at any rate, you know, you have, you have the, the right to like or dislike any cereal as you see fit. That's how, that's how we roll here, but, uh, Cinema Toast Crunch is great. I've been, I've been eating this since I was a kid. I try not to, I try not to indulge in the over, overly, uh, sugary cereals all that often. I gotta admit, I'm becoming like an old guy and I, I do eat more, like, Cheerios than I used to, but... What can I say as far as just being a scrumptious cereal? It's hard. It's hard to beat Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but there are there are two that beat it. So let's uh let's move forward and find out what is the number 2 cereal of all the times. Number 2. you up for a little game? We'll take you on after this complete breakfast, including my vitamin-packed Frosted Flakes. They bring out the tiger in you. For a flame that, that ought to be yeah. good. Frosted Flakes, good. They're great. Show them you're a tiger. Show them what you can do. Big tiger. Yes, indeed. The number two cereal of all the times is the perennial. Perennial standby Frosted Flakes. Frosted Flakes was first introduced in 1952 by Kellogg. When the cereal first hit the shelves, it was known as Sugar Frosted Flakes. But within a decade or so, they dropped the sugar and stuck with the Frosted. Frosted Flakes is available in many countries and many lands. It's a popular cereal. It was the number two cereal in 2016 as far as sales. It's known as Frosties. Over in the UK, Zucaritas, when you get uh, down, you know, into a Latin America, it is known as Corn Frosties in Japan, and it goes by the name of Corn Frost in Korea. I really, uh, I like that name, Corn Frost. This segment is brought to you by Kellogg's, the maker of Corn Frost. Corn Frost. That's a good one. And thinking back to that commercial that we were just listening to, that always, that always tripped me out because in it, they're on the beach eating cereal when some, uh, you know, they decide to enter into a beach volleyball game after, uh, getting powered up with the, uh, energy that comes from eating sugar and milk. On a hot beach. It's just weird. I I don't know. I've never eaten breakfast on the beach. I'm not a beach guy. The beaches around where we are are more hazardous than they are fun. They're cold. People drowned. They get drug under by undertow. It's uh it's pretty dangerous. It's nice to go in the afternoon, but it's not not my favorite thing. And I've never had breakfast there. And if I did, I don't know if I would bring cereal, but be that as it may, it's what they did, and they used the power of Frosted Flakes to win the Beach uh, Volleyball Championships. It's sweet, man. 
I guess having a uh, tiger on your side would have its benefits. He's pretty tall, Tony the Tiger. He kind of towers over a person. I think when a, uh, a tiger standing upright might be well into the six feet range. I bet. I know not. Anyway, they're competing against kids. So he had that going for him as well. Uh, Frosted Flakes is one of, it might be, the most popular uh, cereal in my house. I know for a fact that it is 2.0's favorite cereal and it is my second favorite cereal. So if you average it out, it probably does come out to be the top because I don't know how keen she is on what I picked for number one. But hey man, I'm the man with the master plan. So when it comes right down to it, my vote counts the most. That's just the way it goes, but uh, when we bring home a box of this, it disappears quickly because I eat it, she eats it, and we keep uh, we keep the current cereal in a, um, it's like a acrylic cylinder with a vacuum seal, and we leave it on the counter so, so that you know there's cereal, and I see her always reaching in and pulling some out and just eating it. You know, without milk, just blah, 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 just chomping that stuff down. And I, I see the wife do it too. And I will admit that I, I do it myself. If you need, if you need like a pinch of sweet, you know, just like, like a pinch. There's nothing wrong with like a handful, not even a handful, like a pinch of uh, frosted flakes. They are an excellent cereal. They are made of corn. They are corn flakes and they have a light frosting on the top. They are very sweet, but not too sweet and they have a fantastic consistency they stay they stay nice and crisp for a long while so it's a good one if you happen to be like reading the paper or checking out a magazine i i have to read something when i first get up when i'm like drinking my morning coffee we get the uh newspaper now and i'm gonna say this i don't want to get too much into this but since we are in the breakfast mode and this is Something I do at the breakfast time. If you have a, a paper, a newspaper in your area, a, a local paper that covers, you know, your uh, civic issues, you know, the things of your community, I would wholeheartedly recommend you subscribe to it before it's too late. We get the Press Democrat, which is the Santa Rosa paper, and they report a lot of, uh, you know, Santa Rosa happenings. And you got to think, if they're not there to even-handedly report the local happenings... Who does it? You say, sure, I'll read it on the net. But guess what? The internet site for Press Democrat or for your local paper is supported by the print copies. Somebody has to pay for the print copies. So I implore you, please, go out there, support legitimate journalism, and subscribe to a newspaper. It's worth it. You are, you're putting a down payment so that when your kids are out there, they have, like, legitimate news sources to fall back on and to read and to trust. That was a bit of a rant and I apologize, but it is something that I think about all the time. But um, I, I have to read in the morning and the paper's perfect because you get one every day and every day it's, you know, something different and there's just enough to keep you amused, you know, for that amount of time. And if you want to, you can always dip into it later. It's there. You get it every day. It's great. I love it. I read the comics. My favorite comic is, uh, what is my favorite comic? It might be... It might be Luann. I think that I, I go to that first and I read Sally Forth. I like that as well. I read them all. But those are the two that I, I'm following the storylines on. But uh, anywho, the Frosted Flakes stays consistent for the whole time you're reading or doing whatever it is you're doing. And that that is great. And that amongst many other reasons why I am picking Frosted Flakes as the number two cereal of all of the times. Now... Now we will move forward and we will see what is the Grand Champion Cereal of all time and space. Here it is. After all that talking and talking, the Icy Robots Radio number one breakfast cereal of all the times. Crunch Island at last. Soon all the Cap'n Crunch cereal will be mine. It's the thought. We gotta stop him from finding the Cap'n Crunch. I've got an idea. Now for the signs of the Cap'n Crunch. <sighs> Golden Sweet Cap'n Crunch cereal this way. Eight more paces. Cap'n Crunch, a delicious part of a balanced breakfast. There it is. 
Oh, no. You can't get away with the crunch. Now. Because the crunch always gives you away. Fui. And there you have it. The best cereal of all the times as determined by me. Icy Robots is Captain Crunch, dude. The captain, the captain is the best. The flavor is sublime. It's sweet, but not too sweet. Just sweet enough. It has a great consistency. It stays crunchy forever. You can put it in the bowl, go to the bathroom, do a bunch of stuff, come back and still eat it. It is great, and it comes in so many varieties. That's one of the things I enjoy. You have peanut butter crunch. You have crunch berries. That's where they have... The normal, uh, small, rectangular, bronze-colored Captain Crunch pieces. And then you also have these delicious circles. These spheres of flavor that just, they're so fruity and they're tangy. And they go with the Captain Crunch so well. You have just seasonal ones. There is a Halloween Crunch. There is a Christmas Crunch. There are so... Mini Fun Crunches. And they have, in my opinion, the best of all the cereal mascots. Yes, himself, the Captain. I have always been a fan of the Captain. I don't know what it is. I think that it's because he is like a legitimate Navy man. You know, he is a real deal sailor. He's not a pirate. Things tend to tend to go toward pirates. And the Captain's out there fighting the good fight against pirates, much like uh, me, Iceberg, and Emily do here on the station. It's it's something I think that maybe has stuck with me over the years and has led me into being such a uh, such a pirate fighter. What else do you have as far as crunch varieties? You have Punch Crunch, Vanilla Crunch, John LaFoot's Cinnamon Crunch, which I have only tried one time in my life. It's been discontinued, but it's great. Punch Crunch was a, a cereal ring similar to a Fruit Loop. You have Choco Crunch, Chocolatey Crunch, Deep Sea Crunch, which came out in 1973, and that has uh, crunch berries shaped like sea creatures. You have Oops, which is all berries. You have Galactic Crunch, which is awesome. It had space-related marshmallows. Soft Crunch, and then during baseball season, you get Home Run Crunch. There's also a Football Crunch. Polar Crunch, Cinnamon Roll Crunch, Captain Crunch, Crunch Treasures. Dude, it goes on and on and on. There are so many varieties of this fantastic cereal. Let's see what we can find out. The cereal was first introduced in 1963 by Quaker Oats, which is now a division of PepsiCo. It was invented by Pamela Lowe, who was a 1951 graduate of the University of New Hampshire. She came up with this idea recalling a recipe of brown sugar and butter that her grandmother used to serve over rice. Eventually, she turned it into, into the cereal that we all know and love today. The, the product line is heralded by the cartoon mascot that we all, we all adore known as the captain. His, his full name is Horatio Magellan Crunch, and his ship is called the Guppy. He was born on Crunch Island in the Sea of Milk. Which is a magical place with talking trees, crazy creatures, and a whole mountain made out of Captain Crunch cereal. You see, that's where he gets it. He leads expeditions to go and get the crunch, and then he brings it back for all of us. He he's a selfless man. He he does this despite despite having to go through pirate infested waters. It's harsh, man. It is harsh. I don't even know I don't even know how dude does it, but I'm glad I'm glad that he does. Over the course of my life, my single favorite breakfast has been a bowl of Captain Crunch and a glass of Tang. I love Tang. I think that I think we don't eat enough or drink enough Tang during the course of our everyday existence. We should. I I picked some up. I was at the grocery store and I saw Tang, so I bought some. I actually have a glass of Tang right here in the uh, studio. I brought it up to the station. It's you know, it's a space drink and it belongs up here in the harsh confines of space so there you have it man that's it those are my thoughts on cereal let's uh let's give a big up let's pour some out for those who didn't make the list there are some good cereals out there rice krispies if you get the crispy rice and you put a put a bit of sugar or splenda or whatever stevia on there they're great the same goes for corn flakes there are also cheerios honey nut cheerios 
are a delight. There is Lucky Charms. I think they're great too, but the marshmallows have kind of a kind of a chalky consistency. But Fruit Loops are great. Cocoa Krispies. I love Cocoa Krispies and Fruity Pebbles. I think they're both they're both divine. But only only the best of the best can make the top five cereals of all the time. So let's get going. Let's move into the final segment of the show. This part that is known as the Toys R Us Report. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us report. All right, we are back for the final segment of the show. And while this is kind of a uh, pop culture update toward the end of the show, I talk about what I'm reading, maybe what I've watched. Uh, A lot of times I'll talk about things that I've bought. Initially... I don't know if this is if this is something that is wide widely known. When I when I first imagined this show that you are listening to, it was going to be maybe a 15-minute show where I would just talk about the various things I saw down at the at the toy shop every week. And then and then over time it kind of evolved out from there. So everything starts here in the Toys R Us report, where we are now. And it just kind of, it expanded out. It expanded out into movie reviews, serial lists, stories about whatever, Pokemon talk, comic book talk. But here we are in what is still known as the Toys R Us report. But this week, you know, I think I'm going to keep it serial related because I wanted to take a bit and talk about serial prizes. Because... When we were younger, that was the thing that would draw us to a cereal is not so much the flavor, even though that was a factor, but what they would, what they would put in the box. And I, you know, I'm still a cereal buyer, but I don't ever go for the prizes because the prizes nowadays are, they're just not all that. I think the last good thing I got was a small plastic BB-8 that you could look inside of and see a picture of BB-8. I think that it... I think that it came in frosted flakes recently, and besides that, I see like like downloads, like digital downloads of prizes, and that's not that's not cool in the least. I want to go back to the day when we had cool stuff that was fun to play with for a few minutes and then broke. So I kind of poked around the old brain bank and checked out the internet and such, and I I kind of put together I'm not gonna say a list, just kind of some notes. About some, about some cereal prizes that I have enjoyed over the year. The first one I remember with great fondness is they had uh, glow in the dark pirates in Captain Crunch. They they were tall and they came on a sheet. You had to pop them out and then attach them together. They were tall and thin, but they had you know joints and you could move them. And of course they glowed in the dark, which was that was fantastic. I also remember at one time they had the Crunchbot as part of the uh, Captain Crunch Pantheon, and they had a Crunchbot cereal bowl. It was small and green, and it had a stand that was a robot head. I, w- I would love to get my hands on one of those now. I I actually went online, and I looked at some cereal prizes on eBay, and I ended up uh, buying something for myself. It was also a Captain Crunch prize that I remember with great fondness. I don't know the name of it exactly, but it's a car. It's a blue plastic car, and it has... It has a tube at the end, and what you do is you blow up a balloon, and you stick it on the tube, and the tube has kind of an exhaust uh, vent, and when you uh, let it go, the balloon propels the car, you know, in whatever direction you're going. It's really great. I got it. I, I was poking around, and I saw somebody had one for 250 so I'm like, well, can't pass that up, and I got it. I got it here at home. I got it yesterday. It's really great. It's actually becoming one of my uh, one of my favorite things to look at, because I... I remember having these. What it is with cereal prizes, I think, that makes them neat is that you had them, and then you lost them, and they're sort of gone, you know, from your your old brain bank. But when you see one online or you see one somewhere, they really just kind of flood back the memories. Another one I remember from the 
from the Monster Serials was something called a Spooky Speedsters. And these were race cars that featured the Monster Serial characters. You, um, you had a Boo Berry Crazy Cloud car that had Boo floating on a cloud with wheels. And then there was uh, the Count Chocula Midnight Creeper, and that was obviously brown. And it was vampire-themed. And then you had uh, the Frankenberry Silly Streetcar. And this was sort of like a hot rod that had Frankenberry. It was pink. These are all really great. I I don't remember that many of the Monster Cereal prizes because I do I do enjoy the Monster Cereals, but I'm not I'm not the biggest aficionado. I think that I think the cereal pieces are a bit fluffy and they don't have they don't have a great flavor, but I do I do from time to time get a hankering for some booberry. I I like the idea of a blue food. I enjoy how it I enjoy how it makes my milk blue and then I could pretend that I am that I am a, a young a young Luke Skywalker on Tatooine and that Aunt Beru is bringing me a jug of blue milk. I don't really do that. I have done it, but it's not not something I do, you know, I do every day. Another cool one is uh Cornflakes had this and I had this for a while. It was a Darkwing Duck fanny pack. I I never rocked it. I might have rocked it once or twice, but not in the way that I would if I had it now. Fanny packs were, they were a bit popular amongst the hip-hop kids when I was in junior high. I remember that I was in, you know, seventh grade and there were some ninth graders and one of these dudes actually went on to be a rapper of some, you know, uh, local renown. His name is Ray Love. He was down with Tupac's crew out of Oakland. And he was, you know, somewhat of a minor uh, Bay Area rap legend. He's not he's not E-40 or Mac Dre, but he is, he definitely is somebody known. And he went to my junior high and also my high school. And I remember in junior high, this dude was dope. He had a Kangol, like a Kangol Bermuda, like, um... LL Cool J, and then he had, like, a fanny pack, a red fanny pack, and it was, I don't even know what he kept inside of it, hip-hop stuff, I guess, beef jerky, maybe, I have no idea, but he would, uh, he would wear it, and it was so cool, and I remember I wore one one day to school, I made my mom go get me a fanny pack, and she was nice enough to do so, and I wore it, and she, she, uh, was sadly disappointed when I came back, and I'm just like, I will never wear this again, because I got capped on hard, when uh, Ray Love and his crew saw me wearing this fanny pack, they're just like, yo, man, who do you think you are trying to get up on the fanny pack? And I, they were right. Who who was I to think that I could get up on the fanny pack? I also have this other memory that I'm just going to get out of the way really quick. One time I was riding the bus, and uh, Ray Love and those dudes were, they were in the back of the bus, you know, rapping and stuff. And, you know, Ray kicked a freestyle, and you could tell dude was... Like, really good rapper. You could just, you know, you could see that he had, you know, bigger potential than the back of a bus number seven heading downtown. But, uh, he kicked a freestyle, then this other dude kicked it. I don't know, maybe they're battling, like, a friendly battle. And, uh, then, you know, Ray Love kicked one back. And the only line I remember, he was just like, you couldn't even wrap a Christmas present. And the, everyone went, oh! And the guy was just defeated. Defeated back on the... End of bus seven as we were heading into the bus depot near the mall. But uh, at any rate, I was uh, you know not a, a fanny pack guy, but I did I did enjoy this Darkwing Duck fanny pack. And then another one I remember is Kellogg's gave out these Garfield bike uh, reflectors. They they had two reflectors where his cheeks were, and then it had a Garfield face. These were in all of the Kellogg cereal, and I had a bunch of these at one point, and I don't think I ever actually put one on my bike. I'm pretty sure I did not, but it would have been cool if I did. I wonder why I don't bump into these at the flea market. I would think that I would because they were pretty ubiquitous for a while. Everybody was getting them because they were in every Kellogg cereal. Another cool one is the Batman bank that was on the Batman cereal. Do you remember this? This was a big bank. It was maybe five, six, seven inches tall with a Michael Keaton face like on a sticker on the front and it was too big to put inside of the actual cereal box so it was put on the front and they wrapped around it with like some kind of plastic that was a really great one because 
it was it was big. It was like a real big bank, and you know you could, you could put your real life money in it, and that was dope. But I actually I think I have two of those right now. I can see one where I am right now, and then I believe I have another one down in the Earth base. I don't see them all that often at the flea market, but when I do, I grab them. Usually you can pick them up for like a dollar. People don't want them, and they're they're pretty neat, because it's like, you know, you can see Michael Keaton's face under there, and it really really brings back uh, the memories of when cereal prizes were, were all that. If you have any cereal prizes that you can think of, that you recall, that you're you know, hankering to talk about, hit me up on Twitter. That's at I see robots as if I see robots, like I'm looking at them. And you know, hit me up at I see robots or hop on over to Facebook, facebook.com backslash I see robots. That's our, that's our big group. You know, that's where, that's where things really go down. That's where the real stuff happens. And if you're, you know, if you're anybody you want to be there also, let's uh, take care of each other and let's be nice. You know, it's winter, it's hard, it's cold. The body's achy, the mind is weak from the uh, from the chill and everything. It's a tough time of year, man. So let's just uh, let's try to be nice to each other. Let's do that in the upcoming year. Just try to be a nicer person. I'm sorry, I'm fidgeting around in my chair, and you can hear it. It's just uh, it's it's you know it's cold. It's cold here in Jupiter, and I, I'm trying to bundle myself up, as it were. But uh, I I just think that it's important to. Just, yeah, do something kind for somebody else in these cold, icy winter months. On uh, on the Earth base, we have been getting blasted by storms. And I know you're like, oh, California, it can't be that bad. Well, this time of year it does get bad, but we don't get snow. We get rain and we get floods. And there are many a region near us that is underwater. There's this town of Guerneville, a few towns over in there uh, on the Russian River. And they are just... They're flooded out. They are bombed out and depleted. And I see it every day in the paper and every day in the news. And it's hard, man. Winter's rough. It's hard to get through winter. Only only the strong survive. Luckily, uh, your boy here, Icy Robots, is... I'm a 40 below trooper. You know, I can handle it, man. I, I dig the cold weather as much as... As much as anybody can, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so, I guess we are nearing the end of my ability to talk about stuff. So, um, oh yeah, also, also, uh, keep your eyes peeled. We have, we have a new episode of, uh, the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast is getting, getting ready to drop. I've heard it. It's cool, man. He talks about his history with, uh, listening to popular music. It's really, really interesting. That guy, that guy's a talent, man. I'm super excited to have him here on the IC Robots Radio Network. He, he can bring it. He is, he is in the words of somebody in a English class of his, a punk rock Garrison Keeler. I, I find that to be an apt description. The dude, the dude can spin a yarn, man. The guy's a superstar. Pretty soon, pretty soon, this is going to turn into the Gino Vega podcasting network, and I'll just be another one of the shows under under his thumb. But uh, at any rate, I'm going to get out of here. I think. I think I've got all the cereal talk I can get. I I love cereal and I'm happy I'm happy to have been able to put this list together. I I really am, man. I think it I think it's something that something that bears more investigation, cereal and its delightful flavor. But uh anywho, this is me, Icy Robots, and for all all the people here on the Jupiter station, Emily on the boards, Iceberg on the mix. This is me, I see Robots, signing off episode number 106 of the good old Toys R Us report. If you don't know, I know. IC Robots Radio production. IC Robots Radio is a listener-supported indie If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. 
all money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week.